Good morning, I'm Daryl Jones, Director of Research at Hedgeye. Welcome to the Macro Show for September 1st, first day of the month. Had a little traffic challenge this morning. Apologies for being late, uh, but we are ready to rock and roll. We'll go into overtime for a few minutes as well. So, What is it about traffic and risk? They both happen slowly, then all at once, hmm. especially in Fairfield County. <laughs> especially with everyone living in Fairfield County. Now, isn't it amazing how real life works a lot like the Hedgeye process? Imagine I get up this morning saying, well, technically my valuation model says that I should get to work uh, in 17 minutes. Nah, try 47 minutes, okay? So again, nonlinearity, embrace the uncertainty. You know how to do that this morning. In the early look note, we take that right to the wood, thinking about whether or not we could have 50, 5, 0 all-time closing highs for the NASDAQ, of course. We have more than that for the S&P 500 already. All right, top three things this morning in, your, uh, uh, in the notebook is number one is going to be Asia, number two is going to be Europe, and then number three is going to be the volatility of things. And that's what I wake up to in the morning, not the valuation of things or the price targets of things, et cetera, et cetera. That's old wall. That's baggage. Right. Asia. Now, I got some problems. Never mind some baggage. Uh, my top two shorts uh, went straight up last night. I guess uh, Japan more so than China. Uh, China, I think I can handle that 0.7% move there. But Japan, 1.3%. That'll leave a mark. Uh, so I'm going to have to restructure some of my puts on that But because I thought it was going to go down uh, overnight, and it didn't. Uh, and it didn't react to a down day. Imagine that. The S&P had a 0.1% down day. And Japan didn't go down on that. Now, again, I'm going to stay with it, of course, because Japan is in quad four deflation, and that is a relative short, obviously, to all of our U.S. shorts. Uh, but the other big signal was uh, South Korea. South Korea for day two closed above trend. We wrote that number down. It hasn't changed uh, day over day. Sometimes they do. Uh, sometimes they don't. 31.86 on the Kospi. So, again, above that. Uh, thankfully, I covered and stopped myself out of New Zealand, so that's gone. Uh, there was one divergence last night, which was Australia was down, albeit moderately. So again, I'm watching that because uh, we have Australia still uh, tracking or now casting in quad four as well. Point number two this morning is Europe. So again, the offset is, first of all, we're gross long. Uh, second of all, we're net long. Uh, second of all, we have more longs on than we have shorts, because we always do. Uh, so again, we are long of Europe over Asia anyway. So we're getting uh, pretty close to the cycle highs for Germany. So you see that chart there, Jonesy? I mean, that's it. There have only been a couple buying opportunities. It hasn't been uniquely American like traffic on the merit today or or really uh, stocks, you know, I mean, uh, most uh, hedge funds haven't been running around telling you that their top uh, three European ideas, which currently are for us, uh, would include Germany, uh, the Dutch, and of course the Swiss. That's just really not been an idea of hedge funds. And the, uh, you know, the European data that's come in lately has been very quad three, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, we've had, you know, you've had some economic deceleration, but very mildly, the PMIs this morning for August, decelerated a little from July, but still at a very high level. Mm -hmm. But yet what you have is the inflation really roaring back. So you yep. have this kind of slight deceleration from a high level, but then very strong inflation. And, and furthermore, the outlook for, you know, that inflation insulates the quad two in Q4 view for Europe. Yeah. So that's like this morning, I in the top three things in the note, for those of you that get it, macro pro subs uh, and institutional sub subscribers, the 6 a.m. note. If you want it, you can pay for it. Uh, I think it's super valuable. I mean, you can get ahead of everybody before they even wake up in the morning. What what do you do when you get up in the morning? But again, um, what I said was, is it going to be quad, four, uh, quad two in Q4 in the USA? Uh, the probabilities continue to rise. Don't forget, if the 10-year yield's above 130, if the Russell 2000 is above 2250, uh, 2252, which is now trend, it was 2151. That is really, you know, saying, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me. But Europe's already there. 
Okay, so that's the point. If you look at uh, slide 20 in the current macro deck, you can see whether it's France, Germany, or Italy for that matter. And guess what else just went to quad two on a signal basis, but it had the two there anyway, Jonesy, Spain. Eh, eh, out, you're out. I've been reducing it anyway. You saw that signal uh, when we covered a bunch of stuff when people panicked a couple weeks ago, broadly in global equities, but uh, that's the way it works. There's no need to be short Spain when the signal is bullish trend, which is as of this morning, and the, the, the upcoming quad is quad two. Okay, that's, that's a eh, eh, get it out of there. It's okay, we'll come back to you maybe, but probably not for months. Yep. You know, why would we do that? See how we do that? We go from bullish to bearish. That's, it's okay, you can change your mind every day. This isn't like your kids, you know? It's, well, it's more like, you know, maybe your spouse. You could change that if you would like. Um, but generally speaking, people don't change their kids unless they're royal assholes, right? I mean, so again, or their kids are, you know? So uh, what we're doing here, these aren't kids, these aren't family members, these are not things you fall in love with. These are tickers. These are exposures that help you compound the returns on your hard-earned capital and avoid drawdowns. That's what we want to do, save the capital we have from having a drawdown and compound returns by moving as the data does, not moving along some, uh, I, I literally read it from a competitor the other day, he's like, if you don't get the narratives right, it's gonna be harder. No, 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 no. If you don't get the numbers right, they front run the narratives. Point number three is the VIX. Now, what is your narrative at 14.09 on the VIX? Well, my narrative is that stocks go up. NASDAQ goes up, okay? So that's a, that's a real important thing. I wasn't trying to be like abrasive about it. I'd never do such a thing. But this morning on 50 all-time closing highs, you know, that would equate to the NASDAQ you know, being around 16, which we've obviously uh, said is a rising probability type event. So this morning I used another guy. I'm, obviously, I like cowboys like Jonesy from Alberta. But this morning in the early look, I used the iron cowboy. So, oh, yeah. so you know, again, our views are based on both the quad, again, if it's quad two or quad three for that matter, you know, the, the major indices are gonna make new highs. And that's obviously been dead right. So this, so when I said 50, I wasn't trying to be abrasive or just, you know, try to tweak you or trigger you, maybe a little bit. I was trying to tell you that a dude, this guy, Canadian guy, Calgary Albertan guy, comes to America, right? Comes to America. He does 50 Ironmans in 50 days in 50 states. Now you think I get up early in the morning and you do too. Now that is getting up in the morning, right? That's impressive. That's putting in a shift. That's putting, <laughs> there were no, uh, there were no, well, I think he did have some beer. I mean, the guy at one point, he said, you know, I'd have like three, six hamburgers. He just like, he oh, needed he more calories. Yeah, consumed calories, yeah. I mean, think about that. You wake up in the morning and every day you gotta run a marathon. In addition to the other two things, you gotta get in the water, you got, this is actually a very, I mean, I read this book over my uh, vacay, vacay's over. Uh, but I was, I was like, wow, what would possess a guy to, you know, you know what, what I love? What would possess a guy to get up at 4.30 every day and do an economic marathon? Yeah. <laughs> they got, he's got to be crazy. Yeah. Well, unless you thought for, that for he... For 12 years, an economic marathon every morning. Well, at one point, I, was, I, I got to work with the Tom Brady of macro, but uh, so I slept in though, right? Yeah. Uh, no, no, <laughs> the, the fact of the matter is that getting up matters, right? Right there. Chapter one, getting up. This was uh, day 17 uh, in Kentucky where he's, he just goes through it. If you want to read like what the real grind is, don't, don't call what your kid did catching a ball epic or you know, ever making a macro call, kind of thunder and lightning. That's epic, okay? That, 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 is, that is impressive, uh, suffice to say. And we're learning all the time about people that are playing at the highest level. 
And again, what you find is that people that are playing at the highest level weren't always the people that you knew were going to play at the highest level. It's there t it takes a certain thing to get you up in the morning, a certain transparency, accountability, and trustworthiness that will have other people follow you to do the same. Um, he had, and actually that's an interesting part of the book, Jonesy, he would have, so, so he started wearing this cowboy hat because somebody gave him one. And he's like, and people are like, don't generally wear cowboy hats when they run marathons. Um, so he started running, it was called the Iron. So wherever he showed up, they'd do the last 5K of the run with him. Oh, wow. So people would join him, and that's how he raised money for uh, child obesity. It was actually very good. Um, oh, that's a great, uh, very a great good cause. cause. Um, you know, so that is, is what it is. You know, we continue to uh, uh, philanthropically give in the state of Connecticut, in particular, to the British. Bridgeport Korea Bay Youth League is uh, the biggest one that we've done. But again, uh, amidst all of our faults and all the quad shifts and all the noise, again, I, I, you got to give back. You just absolutely do. Uh, we're going to give back part, obviously, of what you give us. And thank you for your time and attention to the process. 45-58, Jonesy Buds, higher all time high. Look at that. Higher all time high, G-Buds in America. i got to write it down one more time. Again, and again, and again, right? Again, a great American hockey coach. That's what he would say. And he was getting his, his, his players battle-tested and ready, and they beat the Russians in, in, indeed, right? Yep. That, they called that the miracle. What you're doing every day is not a miracle. It's just hard work. And you got to pay attention every day. If you don't want to pay attention every day, uh, don't. But uh, the people that do are going to do a little bit better, maybe a lot better. Um, and that is the name of the game. Uh, what else we got going on for you this morning? If you look at um, volume yesterday, it's been a nothing burger. And it was, again, yesterday up 1% versus the prior day uh, on the down day. But it was you know, barely a down day. Yeah, you did have 7 out of 11 sectors down. But it was only the second down day, I believe, in seven trading days. Um, so, again, with the five up days being all all-time highs, Okay, so if you look at the bongo board uh, yesterday, one thing that was not down, which was backstopped by the data, Jonesy, was real estate. Now, real estate made another new high, up 0.59%, up 30 for the year. Um, that's a good example of something that you, you were long in quad two, deep quad two in particular, loves real estate. Uh, and then as you go to quad three, we gave you all the back tests and the changes relative to the, what the, the prior model said and said, no, 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 you stay with this one. And that's a great example of not using a static back test or be model-based without the signal front-running that and the dynamism embedded therein. So again, we've gone through this multiple times. I'm not going to do that again this morning. But again, the components of the XLRE are basically uh, inflation components. So again, a big obvious one would be public storage, uh, PSA, which has been one of Rob Simone's favorite ideas, bottom-up, which is obviously in the top 10 of that ETF as well. Uh, Cross-asset class vol, nothing's changed. Uh, move index uh, was pretty much flat. So again, you learn a lot. Um, uh, from, I should, should, should say, high yield was dead flat with the prior day. So when you have a down day in stocks, stocks, you know, what, what, what did the bond market do, what did the currency market do, and what did high yield spreads do? Nothing. Nothing, particularly nothing of the change. It was Brownian motion. So you maintain your position and you buy something that you sold higher. For me, it was Axon. Remember that? I gave you my super duper five picks. And then it wasn't on yesterday, and some people were like, oh, you took it off. And then at into the close, I bought it back. I bought more back. Yeah, so, so if you start selling because I, it's not on the page for me, I like that, right? So uh, this is kind of, I kind of like this thing, which is yeah. like Axon, which is, was in my top five. It went straight up, so I took it down, and now yesterday into the close, you take it up. You know, that's what you want. What, what about GSL? What have you done with that, baby? Oh, you like, you want some picks? You want some, you getting, you getting, we're running a little late today, and you want to get into the stock picks? This early in the morning? We'll, into we'll, the macro we'll, we'll go into overtime, though. Let okay. me see where GSL fits in my ranks in my trading account.
Let's see. Mm, GSL. Let's rank the portfolio right here. Do, 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 do. One, two, three, four, five, six, eight. Oh, okay. Number eight. That's not bad. Uh, yeah. Eh, U.S. Steel moved to number two yesterday. That was interesting. Uh, and Axon moved back in the top five. Anyway, and that notwithstanding, you're not here for picks. You're here for process. And if I get the picks bloody well right, that's even that's, that's just great, you know. If you get the quads and the signals right, you're going to get more picks right. Okay. So again, you know, one comes before the other. Right. So again, that's important uh, to acknowledge and understand. On Asia, the roundup is what I already gave to you. On Europe, I already did that too. Um, by the way, the, the, you know, there, there is a significant move here in Spain, now up over 2% this morning, Jonesy, and back to bullish trend on the signal. We already highlighted that. Russia continues to be awesome uh, because oil is, and oil's volatility this morning is a big move. Now, this is an important chart, Jonesy, so pay attention to this one. This is the third time that oil vol has broken down towards cycle lows. So again, that could easily give you into the 70s. We have it at 71.72 WTI uh, if you get back to the cycle low. So it's not just volatility in the U.S. equity space. It's volatility in one of the front runners of inflation, which is the oil space. So again, it's actually interesting. It sort of reminds me of uh, equity volatility. You know, we'd, we've been saying for a long time it's going to make lower highs, but as these episodic periods of spiking, but oil is going the same direction. You know, it's, yep. or, yeah, sorry, low, lower highs, lower lows. Yeah. And oil looks like it's sort of behind it, but kind of on this path to lower lows. Yeah, I mean, the volatility is in the, in the price. I mean, don't forget that, you know, the, the, the thralls of Quad 2 when it really broke out, November, December, when our, you know, when it was like, that's the most money I've made in a long time. Um, that, that's when energy really took off. And it wasn't just like oil and gas, oil names, it was gas names. Range resources should do quite well this morning, by the way. Natural gas is ripping the eyelids off people that think that there's no inflation. The inflation's in your account. That's the point, right? So you can see that. Um, but oil, Jonesy, is up 43% this year. It's not like it's deflating. You know, it may not be at the highs. I said it could go to 75, it did, okay? I said that way before it went to 75 because the model did. Uh, and then people are like, well, you said it could go to 76.06. Go away. Check your baggage. Come back after your attitude problem is fixed. Yeah, it's just what it is, right? So again, and energy has dropped down the list. By the way, it's, it's fifth now. Uh, if, I, if I have five ETFs that I can buy in the USA, it's fifth. You know, industrials just jumped ahead of it. Why? Industrials and, and, um, and uh, utilities this morning, look at the implied vol table, have massive implied vol premiums. Look at this, a hundred and, hundred and frickin' eight. And yes, I said frick, right? Even though kids went to school today, I've cleaned up the language and cleaned up your visual on that, 108%. You know, the last time we saw a hundred was 102 on the Qs, and that was when you should have bought the shit out of Apple. Shite, shit, and now frick. Frick and frack, dis and dat. This and that. This you and like that. this and that. They're beauties. We coach at this and that. Two guys from Montreal or the Quebec, eh? Yeah. Good guys. This and that. This and that. You look at this and that. This, this shit goes straight up. Look at the nat gas one more time. The natural gas. Now, the natural gas, this is in the early look. The natural gas, and then go back to the implied vol table. Forget 108, okay? Look where natural gas's implied vol is. Holy hyena, man. This, that, whatever. The hyena. The crazy, you make me crazy, right? The short sellers are in the net of gas. Look at that. Look at the freaking positioning coming into this. On July 22nd, Macro Pro subscribers got two new tickers. One was natural gas and one was tech. Now, 
If you can't make money doing that in August, I, I probably can't help you, right? If you're still you know, messed up about, he said 7606 because that was the top of the range of WTI. Like, this natural gas position has been the biggest natural position on an absolute basis in all of macro for months, and now you get the voila, right? So perpetuating the inflation is born out of the, 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 the notion that it's transitory. If it is transitory, pal, why don't you own puts on natural gas or have you? Why have you not been short my range resources? Because you wouldn't have a position with skin in the game on your transitory view. Of course not. All right, ready for some questions? Uh, you got a few more things. A couple things. Uh, copper, people are going to be like, oh, disconfirming evidence. The Chinese sold 30,000 fucking tons of it this morning. <laughs> and they told you they were going to do it on what day? So you're looking at the screen, it's like, holy crow, that thing's back at the trade line. 30,000 tons, okay? And they sold more zinc in tons than that, okay? So again, they're trying to tone it down because the Chinese have terrible economic data. Chinese manufacturing PMI dove into contraction yesterday, uh, today or overnight on the Cation number, whatever you call it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the Caxon number, Cation or Cax, Cax, Caxon, whatever. Yeah. Who cares what the name is? It's the direction of the thing. And yesterday it was the consumer number, you know, uh, the services, services number. Services yeah. number, terrible looking things. 10 year yield, 123 to 128, higher low, higher low. Quad three downward sloping should be the bond yield. But you will, again, quad two is going to be the question you ask. And again, I'm not, I'm more interested in the Iron Cowboy. If the NASDAQ makes 50 all-time highs, I don't give a shit if it's quad two or quad three, right? On that one, because I'm long it in both. What I would care on, Jonesy, is utilities and gold, because they do not like quad two. And of course, utilities have corrected with this probability rising, so we'll see uh, if we're right about that. But this morning's employment number on ADP maybe gets me paid on the utility side, and I'll sell some on green. Good okay. spot to take some questions. By the way, it's still Euro bullish. Uh, against the dollar, that was new yesterday, but just to repeat what's obviously on your page, and Ethereum's making higher, higher highs. Uh, Ethereum's been better than Bitcoin, uh, okay. both in signaling terms and uh, in terms of how I, I've sized it. Okay, so the top question hit on XLU and XLI, so we'll skip that. We hit on gold. Let me go to, let me go to Bob in Boston. Um, this is a little more of a process question. Keith, how do you evaluate signal strength? Is it the amount of upside versus downside in the risk range, or is there more to it? And, you know, you've been uh, what you've been doing recently, which I add to the macro pro note, is kind of ranked signal strength for uh, macro ETFs. Yep. So I guess you know the question is, how does something get to the top? How does something move to the bottom? Like, what are the big shifts within the ranking strength? Well, just to clarify one thing about what you said, what you send people is the size of my position that day. That doesn't mean it's got higher signal strength. It just means I went bigger, gotcha. which generally can mean. That the thing is, which generally means that the thing has strong signal strength, A, which is correct, but B, it went down towards the low end of the range. Yep. Right. By definition, the strongest signal has been reached because it just made a new high and tech didn't. So signal strength is really important. The reason why, it's not, a really easy one. That, that's an easy one to answer. And it's taken me years, I mean, to, to, to basically communicate what I've always done. And that doesn't matter. I, I'm, I'm always trying to get better, too. Um, but when you look at, uh, you know, TM signal strength, okay, that's a, I th um, well, you know, that's a legal thing, you know, when you have a trademark or patent in America, those, those, are, those are things that you earn through use and proof, right? 
I don't know why so many people are mad about that. This is the, one of the best parts about America versus Afghanistan is called the rule of law. Like, I think it's cool to have innovators like Thomas Edison and Hedgeye. It's cool, right? <laughs> I'm not Thomas Edison. Like, look, okay, so signal strength, when we look at the strength of the thing, okay, um, signal strength A is bullish trend, okay? B, it's bullish trade. Because not all trends are bullish trade and trend. So it's bullish trade and trend, which also implies that it's bullish, a bullish formation. It's bullish on our longest term duration as well, which is the tail. So it's a bullish formation, bullish trade, trend, and tail. And most importantly, volatility is signaling lower lows. The vol of all, the vol of all determines really um, you know, what the higher highs are implying. So if the risk range has higher highs in it, it's got, if, if ABC is true, those have the strongest signal strength. That's why energy has the weakest of the five. If you have five bullish trends, which I just rattled off, which include obviously tech, REITs, utilities, industrials, and energy. The problem with energy, Jonesy, is that it's still bearish trade. Yep. It's bullish trend. But that's why I showed you the front runner for that. If we get oil vol to go to new cycle lows and oil goes to 71, then it's energy is like a door, you know, like a day away from going back to bullish trade trend intel. Okay. Uh, okay, this is a crypto question, and I'm not sure how much you look at altcoins, but this is Ryan in Saskatoon. With crypto being bullish in quad three and, and quad two, how would you weight your portfolio between Bitcoin, Ethereum, and altcoins? So altcoins could be kind of anything under the sun. I don't know how, how far you go down. When, when you invest in crypto, do you kind of stick with the primary assets or do you go sort of into the weeds? And We've gone into the weeds. We bought, uh, we bought a crypto you know, fantasy football asset. Well, yeah, and we had, uh, I was talking to Michael Bloom, our president, last night. We had this great dinner. Um, but that's the only altcoin exposure I personally have, by the way. Yeah, I don't have anything other than that. Yeah, we had to actually buy one altcoin to then buy the other altcoin. So we, <laughs> we got into the weeds on that one. But yeah. yeah, I think you have to be careful and, you know, how far you go down. But in quad two, they probably all do well. Here's, here's a good, I mean, they all do well, so that's a good, a good point. Who was it, Ryan? Yep. I gotta love, hey, you know Ryan from Saskatoon? It's Saskatoon and Alberta's birthday. Frickin' right. Or sorry, Saskatchewan and Alberta's birthday. Sask, all you Sask guys, Ludzy, all you guys, Gus, all the guys we know. They're all guys, because we only played hockey with guys. I coach girls, it's okay, don't, don't cancel. Today, in, I believe it's 1905, is when the Albertans and the Sask guys and gals entered the Confederation of Canada. Yep. Now that is, now that's knowledge, right? Now, here's some more knowledge for you, Brent. So one, when we're, we're, we're long crypto, okay? Let's, let's color this up the right way so maxis don't get affected or impacted by this viscerally or emotionally or otherwise. So we are long of the crypto. Crypto, let's think about it this way. This is how I've thought about it, okay? This is how I've thought about it. There are two main crypto, two cryptos that I would size the biggest if I'm bullish on crypto. Why? because they're the ones that have the most liquidity and the ones that I model most vociferously. Vociferously? Yes, vociferously. So because I have, those are, it's not unlike everything else I do. You know, again, I'm always gonna have queues bigger than something like a stock pick because queues are big, liquid, I model it every day and my stock picks are smaller. That's just the way that I do it. So, I, so I've chosen to make ETH, um, whether it be against my dollars on the crypto account or the ETF, those are my two biggest, everybody knows that. Followed by Bitcoin, 
And now Jonesy Buds gets me into this alts shit, right? Alts. That's the size. This is way more speculative than this. I can't see this every day. I think we're going to see this, um, this thing. What's it called again? I don't even know what to see. See how I do things? I don't even care. Like what the well, the, the, the coin is act, actually called S-C-O-R, score. Score. But it's the, you know, it's in, uh, we bought a fantasy football franchise with score coins. Mm. And it's its whole environment where they have their own currency or, or token. So. Yeah, like, you know, I don't know anything about that damn score coin, but I know that Jonesy likes it, and I trust him. I don't have time to do work on score coins. I got other shit to do, right? I mean, so um, some people wake up in the morning like they got to know everything about Dogecoin. What do you really know about that? What do I really know about this? I can tell you that it's not an inconsequential amount of capital that we have in that. If we lose it, it's going to hurt. But it's going to hurt less than if we lose, uh, again, if, we, if this just goes away, we've defined what the downside is. But we also know what the upside is, which is a lot. Okay, so again, when you think about more speculative plays in crypto, put less capital to work. Your upside in, in percentage returns is higher because the betas are higher, liquidity is lower, et cetera, et cetera. So again, you don't think of it any differently than the way you think of all asset classes and managing them, you know, risk-adjusted returns relative to their relative volatilities. Okay, some questions about your conversation with uh, Rickards yesterday and what, what sort of takeaways you had. And, you know, it's always uh, interesting and informing to get an update from, from him. Any, any, anything noteworthy that came out of that yeah, conversation? And we did get, um, I think his name's Jack Monroe, a very um, uh, astute observer of the hedge process, pays attention to everything that, that uh, I, a lot of what I say, because I know that he's, he's very quick to say stuff on Twitter, and I appreciate that, Jack. And he's like, hey, look, like you sound like you agreed with him on deflation. You know, what up? Um, I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not what you should have heard. You should have heard me say stagflation multiple times, first of all. Secondly, on deflation, that's a Q2 2022 thing, Jack. So it's a, it's a classic example of duration, duration mismatch. So when you get somebody like Rickards, who's a longer term uh, deflation outlook, it is what it is. That wouldn't have been a good thing to be positioned for, uh, to be very clear, uh, against being long inflation uh, for the whole cycle that we've been long it. And it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean like, oh, they disagree. It's not what this game's about. I, I, I have these conversations with Jim Rickards to Jonesy's point to learn a lot. That guy could teach you a lot if you have the ability to listen and not be tweaked relative to your current positioning and or whatever your political bias is. Yeah. The minute he starts talking Republican, some people are like, hey, can't handle it, can't. <laughs> like, why are you that way? Don't be that way. Don't be that way. Imagine hockey players on a bench reacted that way like because their parents have a certain political view. As soon as they say something, like, it's, it's just stop it. Listen to what he's saying. You know, so what I heard, which may or may not be construed as a political comment, was actually, now that I have it on the board, uh, the most important thing in my notebook, you can see it right here. It's like right here. It says uh, under my ETH, it says cycle highs, higher highs versus Afghan question mark records USD. Why did I write that down? That's the one thing that he made me think about that is going to either augment my positioning or not in the most important thing or one of the top, top things in macro, which is the direction of the dollar, right? So what, I, what, like what this is signaling to me is that, and he said this, so if you put in the Afghanistan plug, he said, look, this is an explicit or implicit devaluation of the dollar in the eyes of a certain community of people that don't trust the Americans anymore and the Americans don't trust themselves. Something like that. 
And he was highlighting, uh, I believe, and I did write this guy's name, Eric Prince's views on geopolitics. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that, that makes sense. You can tell me a story about anything. I'm willing to believe it if the signal does. <laughs> um, and that sounds like a pretty plausible one to me. It doesn't mean that I have to believe or disbelieve in some political thing. Um, but the dollar's uh, credibility has certainly lost something. On two, on two fronts, and it's not just Afghanistan. I think anybody who's objective would say that, yeah, they did. Even if you're Bi Biden's buddy or whatever, his son, whatever, he doesn't have, anyway, I stopped. So you didn't cancel when I was gonna say what I really think about his son, because it doesn't matter. Okay? But the dollar lost cred credibility in Afghanistan relative to crypto, relative to the Euro, and it lost credibility from Powell. Two big arenas, right? Geopolitical and monetary policy. Okay, we're gonna and I thought he, Rickards, by the way, did a great job yeah. uh, uh, reminding you of why U.S. monetary policy has no credibility. Yep. They have no credibility at all in forecasting, now casting, or telling you what the future is going to be or could be or otherwise. Okay, we're going to dig into tech a little here. This is Jimmy from Philly. With Amazon now back to bullish trade. Are bullish the, trend. Bull, bullish trend, sorry. Are the triple Qs, or sorry, yeah, triple Q is more attractive than XLK, or how do you think about weighting within tech, or is there a well, big, one, big, big signal there? One, Amazon is at the top end of its range, so you want to back that up a bit. Yeah. You know, um, it's just, it just broadens. Yeah. So it, what it means is that the broadening of the rally in the NASDAQ, again, I don't just randomly write, could the NASDAQ make 50 all-time highs? I mean, there's a lot going on, which thank you for the call out, and it's bullish trend today for Amazon after going neutral. That's the, that's, that's the sequence of... Uh, similar sets is that you get, okay, market's looking ahead to Q4 now because we're in the last month of Q3. Yeah. And it's like, hmm, I, I want to take a peek at Quad 2 again. Uh, I'm going to start to rip some of these meme stocks. I'm going to start to take a peek at the things that haven't worked, Netflix and Amazon, and they ripped real quick yeah. back through those like a, you know, like shit through a goose, just right there. <laughs> or the other way, right? For the shorts, right? But you know, you're like, wow, that happened pretty quick. I still like Amazon. Um, like a lot of people would, would have said that qualitatively or otherwise. Um, so yeah, it just means that there's a broadening, uh, which means that there's, uh, again, corroborated by a falling to lower lows of volatility. When volatility hits lower lows, there is nothing more bullish than that. That's why bull markets end there. They don't end on anybody's view. And again, I like Mike Wilson. You know, it's not anything about that. You know, our, our asset management partners working with their asset management partners, we're all, they're all going to be better. Morgan Stanley's going to be better by taking the hedge eye view and Mike's view because Mike's got some good views, but I have a damn good process. And, and that's the process that we want you to focus on is the, through the lens of volatility, not valuation or percentage dot percentage corrections. Sorry, Mike, but over the course of, of, of time, God willing, I have more. Uh, I'm going to beat you big time using the ball of all over those types of models. Okay, great. We're going to wrap it up there. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Back at it tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Take care. This content is for informational purposes and does not constitute an offer to sell or buy any investment vehicle, nor does it constitute an investment recommendation or legal, tax, accounting, or investment advice. This information is presented without regard for individual investment preferences or risk parameters and is general, non-tailored, non-specific information. Hedgeye believes the information sources to be reliable but is not responsible for errors, inaccuracies, or omissions. The opinions expressed are those of the individual speaking. All investments entail a certain degree of risk and financial instrument prices can fluctuate based on several factors, including those not considered in the preparation of the content. Consult your financial 
financial professional before investing. The information is protected by copyright laws and is intended solely for the use of its authorized recipient provided access by Hedgeye. Redistribution or republication is strictly prohibited and subject to the terms of service at Hedgeye.com.